Well, I'm really grateful that you're here. Um, happy, happy Labor Day weekend. Hope you're having a great weekend this weekend. I've come to Labor Day Church and I'm excited, like you're here. And those of you who are here in the room, those of you who are with us online, it's so good to be together. Thanks for coming and participating on this holiday weekend. And we are at week five of this series that we've been in and I'm really grateful you're here. I think this could be the most important weekend we've experienced yet. What we're gonna talk about today, if, if you take next steps in these things, this is gonna make all the difference for you. This series that we're in, we're calling it Free From, Free To, and we're talking about the different things that God has set us free from and what he has set us free to live in and how we can experience that freedom and live in it in meaningful ways. And as we do this, as we, as we try to live in this freedom, one of the things that we are learning about ourselves, and it's not just true about us, but it's true about humankind, it's really hard to live in freedom. We, we drift off the path of freedom back into what it was that enslaved us before. And for some of us, that's drifting off into life like we wanna live it, you know, without restraint. We're free, and we can just go and do what we want. And for some of us, it is the rules. Like, take me back to the rules. Somebody give me some rules to live by. It's really hard to live in freedom, and so we're exploring not just this freedom that God gives to us, but how we can actually experience it and live in it and stay out of the ditches, stay on the path to, to the life that he wants to have us live. So as I was prepping for our time together today, I thought back to this, um, this hike that Marie and I took several years ago. Back in 2019, Marie and I were, and we were hiking in the Palo Duro Canyon of West Texas. It's actually the second largest canyon in the United States, you could probably guess the name of the largest canyon in the United States. This is the second largest one, and not very many people know it's there, but it's, just, it's this awesome, huge canyon. And so we were on this hike, on this trail called the Lighthouse Trail, because it goes to this rock that's called the Lighthouse Rock. And so I brought a picture of this, of this Lighthouse Rock for you, this trail that we were hiking there's a land bridge, and you're kind of hiking the rim of the canyon, and then there's this land bridge that actually walks out to the, the lighthouse rock, and the land bridge is probably 15 to 20 feet wide, and on either side of the land bridge is a, is a, a drop-off that's probably, it's straight down for probably 20 to 30 feet, and then it is really steep roll down to the bottom, and you do not wanna fall off the trail. If you fall off the one side, it's a straight drop and a roll down to the bottom where there, is, where there is all kinds of no good for you. And if you fall off the other side, it is the same experience. And so, so you wanna stay on the path. The path's where the party is. The path's where the freedom is found. The path is where all the goodness is. And that reminded me so much of what we've been talking about these last several weeks of how, how we're tempted to drift off the path one direction or the other. And, and life and freedom is found on the path and what's, there's spiritual destruction, injury, ruin, bondage at the bottom off the path. And so, so what's important for us is to know how people like you and me can live and walk and enjoy this path to freedom that God wants to give you. So last week, as we talked about enjoying the freedom that God's giving to us, we talked about the importance of nurturing our relationship with Jesus and if, and if you didn't hear that talk last week, I, I'd encourage you to go back on our website and listen to it. We talked about the importance of nurturing our relationship with Jesus, and this week, it's really, 
It's really the same side, or it's a different side of the same coin, and equally or maybe more important than what we talked about last week, we stay on the path by learning how to walk by the power of the Holy Spirit. So our verse for this week is Galatians chapter five, verses 16 through 18, and so I'd like to read that for us and and just let us see in here how you and I can stay on this path. So, so the Apostle Paul, writing to this ancient church that's in was located in what we now know as, as Southern Turkey, and this ancient church, and to people like you and me, says these words. He says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what's contrary to the Spirit, the Spirit what's contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you're not to do whatever you want, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. So in the first sentence and in the last sentence, we see, we see which, the two directions that we're, that we're prone to wander off. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The flesh says, life without restraint. Like, let's, let's go. And if, if you wanna avoid that side of disaster for your life, the answer to that is learning to walk by the Spirit. And the last sentence there says, if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. So, so the part of you that wants to drift to the rules, to religion, like the secret, the answer to not falling off that side of the land bridge is to be led by the Spirit. And so we have this beautiful solution, this answer for us of how you and I can live life in the freedom that God wants to give to us, and it is this idea of walking by the Spirit. So I wanna talk about that today, but I wanna start by exploring the ledges a little bit, the edges that we tend to fall off of. And after we do that for a few minutes, and I wanna give you some practical help for walking by the Spirit so that you could stay on the trail. So, so let me just, like, let's just say this, and if you've been with us, you've heard this in some form or another, and we need to hear it again because this is a, this is a constant temptation and a constant fight for us. So living without restraint, or as... We read it in the scriptures, gratifying the desires of the flesh. It's its own kind of bondage. And if you live that way, you waste your one and only life. For a little bit, it feels like you're free. It feels like you're doing what you want. It feels like you've, you've got it your way, you know? But it is, it is its own kind of bondage. And if that's the life you choose, you end up wasting your one and only life. The Bible talks this word, the flesh. The flesh is who you were before you met Jesus. Like it is the part of you that just, like that does life on your own terms, whether you like to do it without restraint or you like to do it with a bunch of rules. That's the part of you that wants to do life on your own terms. And that's the part of you that is, that is always wanting to be on the agenda of the enemy of your soul. He, he deceived our first parents. He led us into disobedience and rebellion against God. His agenda for you, his agenda for me, is to steal, kill, and destroy, and there's a part of you that thinks his agenda is gonna lead you somewhere good. And the flesh is the Bible's term for that part of you that wants to live on your enemy's agenda, and if you're living on his agenda, it is destruction for you, it's destruction for your relationships, it's destruction for your well-being. A little later in this chapter, as the Apostle Paul's writing, he talks about people who choose to live by their flesh, who live without restraint. He says, these people, they don't inherit the kingdom of God. 
And what he's talking about there is that in, in now and in eternity, people who are choosing to live without restraint live in spiritual bondage. You live on the agenda of the enemy of your soul. You do not experience the life and the freedom that God wants to give you today or for eternity. And so this is, this is a big deal for us as people that we would, that we would live by the Spirit, that we would walk by the Spirit so that we don't waste our one and only lives. And I think all of us, most all of us would agree that just, you know, life without restraint, life without any kind of, life without any kind of regulation or any kind of boundary, most all of us would agree that that's, that's really not a great way to live, right? I mean, I've, I've met a few people who think that like, you know, hey, this is the way to go. I'm gonna do whatever, I'm gonna do whatever I wanna do. And they live that way for a little while. But you don't have to live that way for very long before you figure out that this really is not the way to live. And we're not designed to live like that. And so as we begin to, like, as we begin to come to grips with I'm not designed to live this way, um, we, we still struggle with, and so maybe you've answered this partially for yourself, but all of us, all of us have a piece of ourselves that wants to live without restraint, that wants to do life on our own terms, that wants to do it the way we wanna do it. We all have, we all have a piece of ourselves that, that is that way. And maybe you've tempered some of that in yourself, but all of us still have to deal with that a little bit, and here's the thing. Even if you, even if you just have one or two areas of your life, if there's, if there's a part of you that is living without restraint, or is living as the words of the scripture to gratify the desires of the flesh, you have the same experience as if you're just 100% that way. This is, this is one of those things that even if you're doing it just a little bit, it still leads you into spiritual destruction, spiritual bondage. And so, and so we find ourselves in a situation, we all find ourselves in the situation where we, are, where we are living the way we want to live. And so if we're living the way we want to live and we know it's not good, if you're, if you're hearing me say it, if you've heard somebody else say it, or if you've just figured it out by life experience, if you've read it in the Bible, you know it's not good just to, just to do what you want. Like, I know that's not the right way to live, so, so how do I keep myself under control? And if you're responsible for another person, right, and you know that it's not good for them to live without restraint, how do I help them, how do I keep them under some kind of control because we don't wanna waste our one and only life. And this is where the rules come in. This is, this is where well-meaning people look at others and, and with a desire to help them, a desire to help them live the kind of life, to have a good life, to have healthy relationships, to live in a way that, that pleases God. This is where the rules come from. When, when people look at themselves and they can't, they can't do what they wanna do and other, other people are trying to help us all stay on the right path so that we don't fall off the edge of, of gratifying the desires of our flesh, the, the rules show up. I grew up in churches that had rules and I am convinced they were made by well-meaning people who wanted me to have a good life and to be able to live in the way that God wanted me to live and so that I did not fall off the edge of the path of gratifying my flesh. 
We had rules about what kind of haircut we were supposed to have. We had rules about what kind of clothes we wore. We had rules about what we could do for entertainment. We had rules about how close we could sit to our boyfriend or girlfriend. We had rules about everything. We had all, we had all the rules. And, and it seems like that's a good solution. It seems like that would be the right answer. If we, if we can't control ourselves and we know we shouldn't just run amok, what do we do? Well, let's put some rules in place. But the rules don't work either. The rules don't work for people like you and me. If you're gonna, if you're gonna fall off one edge of wasting your one and only life and you put a bunch of rules in place, here's what happens. Living by the rules, or to use the words of the Apostle Paul in Galatians, living by the rules or under the law, that makes you a slave to the rules and you spend your one and only life shackled by shame, regret, hypocrisy, and judgment. If, if, you're gonna, if you're gonna live by the rules, then you're gonna spend your one and only life shackled by those rules and what they produce in our lives. So the law that the Apostle Paul was writing about, he was writing about the ancient Judaism, the laws of ancient Judaism. The heart of that is the Ten Commandments. And then on top of that, there are 603 other laws. So 613 laws or 613 rules that people were supposed to follow. And then well-meaning, well-intentioned religious leaders who wanted to keep people out of one ditch then made an additional 1,500 plus rules to keep them from trespassing any of those 613 rules. Can you imagine trying to live your life with 2,113 laws or rules that you had to follow in order to be in relationship with God? That, that would, that's bondage, right? To, to, know, to know what those rules are and to know which situations in which they apply and and with that many of them, got, some of them gotta be in conflict with each other. If I'm saying yes to this one, I'm saying no to this one. Like just the rules, if you're living under the rules, they put you in their own kind of bondage. And again, I told you, I, I grew up with not 2,113, but all the rules. Like I grew up with all the rules. And, and here's, here's what I experienced in that. I experienced if you're trying to obey rules in order to gain favor with God, because when it comes from religion, you're obeying rules, trying to gain favor with God or put yourself in a position where God looks at you and smiles at you. Like You could use your own language for that, but we're all doing it for, for spiritual purposes. When you're trying to obey the rules and you're doing it for God in some way, you never quite measure up, right? So you, you might... Some days you might measure up 60, 70, 80%, you know, like you get all the way up to a B. Some days, ooh, you just don't even get close, so you just, you never measure up. And, and what that produces in your life is this deep awareness that I'm not measuring up. And when you know you're not measuring up, what comes after that is, is guilt and shame. And you live with guilt and shame piled on top of you because you are acutely aware of, of when you are messing up and how you've messed up. And not very long into that kind of a life where you're trying to live by rules, you figure out that like nobody can do this and I am a failure. And so you live with this guilt and this shame. And so what you have to do to, to deal with that is you gotta pretend. 
You have to pretend like you've got it all together. When you're in the, when you're in the room with other people who kind of have the same bunch of rules, you gotta pretend like you've got it all together. It leads to hypocrisy. Where, where you know you're broken, where you know you're a mess, but, but we cannot show that weakness because we are measuring up to the rules. And, and again, this is, this is slavery. This is slavery to live in hypocrisy. And, and when that exhausts you, what comes after hypocrisy is like, hey, I, <laughs> I get a B most days, I get a B. But this guy over here, he's way worse than me. Like I can obey about eight out of 10 of the rules. This dude, he's not even getting six. And you begin to, to look around at people who are around you and you begin to measure yourself against them. And, and it, it's a spirit of condemnation that then grows up within you and you become everybody else's critic. And it's judgmentalism. That, and again, this is the kind of slavery that living by the rules leads to in our lives. And so, so we end up in this mess. We end up in this mess. We're not, we're not supposed to live like, like whatever. <laughs> I'm free, can I go do? We're not supposed to live like that because that takes us over one side of the cliff. And, and if we put rules in our lives and we have expectations, like we give ourselves a list of rules and do's and don'ts is that somehow we're now gonna find favor with God, that takes us into a different kind of spiritual bondage. If there's not a third way, like if there's not a third way, you and I are sunk. And you gotta know that God loves you too much to leave you in the mess that we have created for ourselves. He loves, he loves us. And because he loves us, he has made the third way for people like you and me who's, who are born into spiritual slavery and whose natural drift is to stay there. Like he loves us too much to leave us to ourselves in all these things. And what he has done for us is he has, he has, given, us, he has given us the way, the path to freedom. And, and the language that the verses that we're considering for today give to the path to freedom is we have to learn to walk by the Spirit or to be led by the Spirit. So when the Apostle Paul, is, when, he said, when he uses those words, the Spirit, he's talking about God the Holy Spirit. And so I just kinda, I wanna stop right here and just and, and make sure we all are on the same page about who God the Holy Spirit is. Because some of us might be new to this stuff. Maybe you're, maybe you're just checking out church, you're just checking out Christianity and you're trying to figure these things out. Or maybe you've heard this term before but nobody's ever explained it to you and so you've kinda felt like you were in the dark and didn't feel like you could ask, hey, this is a safe place to, discover and understand and learn and try to figure some things out. So let me see if I can help us. If you're asking questions, let me see if I can help us with this, all right? So, so the Holy Spirit, the Bible reveals God to be a trinity. So that means we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So three separate persons are one God. If that blows your mind a little bit, you're an awesome company. If, if it doesn't blow your mind, you're not paying attention or you've deceived yourself that you've figured something out. Nobody understands this, all right? Three, three separate persons who are one God. I'll tell you, my life got a lot better when I stopped trying to figure this out. 
If this, if that led to frustration and I just started to, to celebrate that, that God is bigger than my human mind can comprehend. And so there's, there's so much good to, to be delighted in over a God that is three persons and still one God. And so as we begin to understand who God has made himself known to be, he starts by revealing himself to us as, as God our Father, and that's who he is. He's, he's our eternal Father. And, and so he, has, he is our Father in heaven, so he's over and above, and he's our Father, so he's close and he's near. And that often ignites dad baggage and reopens dad wounds that all of us have but you gotta know, as, as your heavenly father, he is, everywhere your dad fell short, he is perfect. And everywhere your dad stepped up, God is over and above what your dad produced in your life. He's your heavenly father, and that, that's a wonderful thing. And then Jesus is God the Son. And Jesus is, like one of the names that the ancient prophets gave to him is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so Jesus is God with us. He, he left heaven and he came to earth and he came to be with us and he walked in our shoes. Right? He's, he's human and he came to live with us and among us and, and then he died on a cross and he rose from the dead and he went back to heaven. So today, he's not exactly with us. Right? He is God with us, but he is, he is not with us and so what he has done is he has given his spirit to us. And the spirit is actually God who lives in us. When Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit, because before he went back to heaven with his first followers, he, he talked about this with them. Because they were grieving that he was leaving and he was letting them know. They're like, I got you, right? I, I'm still with you but it's better for you if I go back to heaven because I'll send the Spirit to come and not just be with you, to be in you. It's when Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit, he talked about him as being the one who comforts us and the one who comes alongside of us and the one who is our advocate, who's for us. Like He is God for you, God who advocates for you, who guides us, who teaches us, and who gives us power what Jesus said when he talked about him, he said, he said he's not just going to be with you, he'll be in you. And if you'd like to read more about that, in the Gospel of John, chapters 14 through 16, the Apostle John was there when Jesus was talking about these things. And he took notes, and later he wrote it down for us so that we could know what Jesus said. In the Gospel of John, chapter 14 through 16, that's John's record of Jesus' teaching on the Holy Spirit. It's worth your time to walk through this, so the Spirit is, is this God who lives inside of us, that the verses that we're reading about, or the Spirit that we're reading about in our verses today, this is, this is God who lives in us, lives inside of believers in Jesus, and he does more for us, living inside of us, than Jesus did alongside his followers when Jesus was on earth. So this is, a, this is a beautiful gift that God has given to us that his Holy Spirit, as believers in Jesus, his Holy Spirit would come to live inside of us and as, as we learn to walk by the Spirit, as we learn to be led by the Spirit, we get, to, we get to be free from the bondage 
of our flesh and the law. And we get to live in this freedom that God is giving to us. One of the Psalms, there's a, there's a verse in the Psalms that I think gives us words to be grateful for and to celebrate this freedom that God gives to us through his Holy Spirit. It's Psalm 31, verses seven and eight. The psalmist says, I'll be glad and rejoice in your love for you saw my affliction and you knew the anguish of my soul. And you have not given me into the hands of the enemy, but have set my feet in a spacious place. I'll be glad and rejoice in your love. God has done this. He's given you this gift because he loves you. This is, this is his expression of love for you. For you saw my affliction and you knew the anguish of my soul. You saw that I am always drifting into spiritual bondage. You saw that I am doomed to that. Apart from God's intervention, I have no hope. And you did not give me into the hands of my enemy. I dropped there by my own rebellion. I fell onto his agenda. But you did not give me into the hands of my enemy, but you have set my feet in a spacious place. That is, that is rescue. And that is freedom that God offers to us because he loves us. This freedom that he gives to us, this is, this is a beautiful thing. And we experience this freedom as we learn to walk by the Spirit and as we learn to be led by the Spirit. So I wanna wrap up our time together and give you some practical statements just of how to walk by the Spirit. And again, I hesitate to give us practical statements because it's easy to turn these into boxes to check, turn these into rules to follow, turn this into a list of things to do. We drift towards rules and rules give us bondage, but this is relationship. This is about relationship and learning to walk by the Spirit and to be led by the Spirit. So this is, this is, this, this is the stuff that the Bible says and that Christian people for centuries have practiced and found freedom in it. So, so to start, believe that this is real, believe that this is for real, and that this is for you. This is faith. This is a faith journey that we're on. And, and so as much faith as you've got, however much faith you've got as you, as you sit here, as you listen to me, however much faith you've got like to believe that this is for real, that God has, that God has stepped in and God within us, God in us, like God has gifted me. I'm a believer in Jesus and so God has gifted his spirit to me. Believe that this is for real and that this is for you. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, it says, it says without faith, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But people who come to God and believe that he exists and that he rewards people who seek him. So with all, whatever faith you've got, however much faith you've got, if you believe that God exists and you'll, you'll pursue him with the faith you've got, you'll find reward. And so, and so to believe that this is for real and that this is for you. It's the first thing and that's, like, that's a foundational thing. The second thing, to talk with God about what's happening in your life. This is prayer, this is prayer. To talk with God about what's happening in your life and because as a believer in Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, you can ask him for the things that Jesus said he will give to you. And, and this little list that's here, like this, this covers most of life. This covers most of life. 
The things that you're facing, the things that you're struggling with, the areas of your life where you're winning, you feel like you're winning, the natural drift that you have, like all, it, it all falls here. You can ask him for his comfort. Jesus said about him, he is our comforter. You can ask him for his guidance. And he will guide you. Like he will tell you the way that you should go. If you've got big decisions to make or small decisions, you should, you should ask him for his guidance so that you could have God's kind of leadership in your life and for strength. He, he gives power to his people and power to endure and power to overcome, power to do what you're supposed to do, to live the way that you're supposed to live. Like he gives strength to us, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, you can have God's power to see you through that. You'll ask for that, he'll, he'll give it to you. He will give you his encouragement. If he's, he's your advocate, he's for you. And so, so if, you need, if you need strength and encouragement for what you're going through, the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you, he's got that for you and God's wisdom for your life. If you got a relationship that you're struggling with or needs to go to the next level, or you've got, you've got decisions, again, like guidance and wisdom, those things go together in our lives. Like you could ask the Holy Spirit to give that to you. And then as you're asking him for these things, be still and listen to what he says. Remember, we gotta believe that this is for real and this is for us. And if, if Jesus says it's better for you that I go back to heaven so that I can send my spirit to live inside of you, then give him a chance. If you're gonna ask him about the stuff Jesus says he'll do for you, then give him a chance to speak to you. And this is an awesome time to open your Bible and read your Bible while you're trying to listen to what God the Holy Spirit says. The Bible is the word of God. And the Spirit of God makes those words come alive in your life and so you can have the opportunity to hear what he would say to you as, as you listen to him. And, and in that, this question always pops up, how do I know it's him? Right? How, do, how do I know that this is, this is God, the Holy Spirit, speaking to me and not just me kind of making this up or my subconscious or somebody else has said something and I'm just kind of drifting that? How do I know it's him? So as you do this, you get better at hearing his voice, but his voice always comes with two things. The assurance that, he is, that it is true. This capital T, God's truth, that this is God speaking into your life and peace. Those two things. Now, there's, there's sometimes more, and there's, but, but if you're wondering how do I know that this is the spirit of God, like this is, there's this, this assurance that this is capital T, God's truth, and really capital P, God's peace that comes as he speaks words of encouragement, blessing, hope as he gives you guidance, wisdom, direction for your life. It is, it is truth and it is peace and those two things go together and so there's just, it, it results in clarity for you. And then as you ask, you believe, you ask, you listen and you hear. Then this last part, this is, this is critical. Do what he says, right, do what he says. Do it the way he says to do it and do it when he says to do it. Right? So, so taking those steps of, like if you're asking God who lives inside of you to speak to you and tell you what you should do to help you know what you should take your next steps and whether it's something to believe, to hold on to, or something to do, like our answer to that is yes. 
Do what he says, do it the way he says to do it. Not your way of doing it, but the way he says to do it and do it on his time, not on your time. And, and don't second guess it. Don't second guess it. If you've heard from God the Holy Spirit, like it's, that's time to say yes and just move. And if you're new to all this, here's what I would say if you're new to all this. It's a really good idea to confirm what you think you've heard with somebody who's more experienced than you. Not, not if your motivation is to get out of it. <laughs> if your motivation is to get out of it, like, you, but, but if, you're, if you're still, like, if you're new to this, there are people around you who are more experienced. And so you could ask them for a little bit of confirmation, a little bit of help in this as you, as you learn to walk by the Spirit, as you learn to be led by the Spirit. And a little later in this chapter, it talks about keeping in step with the Spirit. You know, when you walk by the Spirit, you keep in step with the Spirit. Like you've walked in a line with somebody and you're up close and your steps have to match their steps. It's kind of the image there, that you would keep in step with the Spirit. That means I'm gonna do I'm gonna do what he says, I'm gonna do it the way he says to do it, and I'm gonna do it on the time frame that he says for me to do that. Like, I'm gonna walk by the Spirit, and, and I hope you hear how relational this is. This is, this is, this is relationship. This is, this is you talking with and listening to and engaging with God inside of you. This is, this is not, a list of rules, this isn't a checklist, this isn't a formula for you to just follow. Like this, is, this is about a relationship that, that you and I have this incredible privilege of having with our Heavenly Father and with Jesus who is God with us and who gave himself for us and with his spirit who lives inside of us. And if, if we wanna walk the path of freedom, then that means we learn to walk by the Spirit and to be led by the Spirit and to do life in accordance with keeping in step with the Spirit. And for people who will walk by the Spirit, what we get to experience in our lives, at the end of Galatians chapter five, it says this is what he does for you and for me, the fruit he produces in our lives. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's where freedom's found. And as you experience this freedom in your life, you also get to minister that freedom to the people who are around you. Not just your life, but their life can be characterized by these things. So we're, so we're not the kind of people who just go without restraint or who take the easy path of rules, because those two, those two ways lead to destruction. We're people who walk by the Spirit so we can experience the freedom that God wants to give to us. We're learning to walk by the Spirit. So can I pray this for us? Would you let me pray this over you? Would you guys bow your head and close your eyes? So Father, we're really grateful for the gift of your Spirit who lives in us. As believers in Jesus, we say yes. And some of us have been doing this for a long time, some of us are brand new to these things, and we all have next steps to take. So I'm praying for myself, and I'm praying for my friends who are part of this service, in the room and online, that, that you would give us our next step in learning to, to walk by your spirit. That we would be better still at being led by your spirit, so that we can live in the freedom that you wanna give to us. Jesus, we're saying yes to your 
your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your goodness, that list, we're saying yes to all that stuff your spirit produces in our lives, and we say yes to the commission and the mission that you have given us to minister that into the lives of the people around us. So thank you, thank you for keeping us on the path that leads to freedom. And we have all this because you are giving it to us. So Jesus, we say yes to you. And we pray these things in your name, amen.